Oh my goodness, that was awful, terrible, painful. But this hopefully won't be as bad. This is Village Vice. I'm Zach Blackerby. He is Brad Law, my out-of-camera focus, Zach Blackerby. But, <laughs> man, uh, it seems like everything for the Auburn Tigers was out of focus, Brad. Uh, in Baton Rouge Saturday night, what a disaster coming out of a bye week. Yeah, the the focus issue is kind of... It is just par for the course for uh, for the last 24 hours or so. And um, so as he works on that, the thing we talked about all week long, I mean all week long, was that you couldn't get in a hole. You couldn't fall behind because you couldn't get into a scoring match. The only chance Auburn had right. to win the game was to shorten it, was to give LSU about seven offensive possessions, um, to hold the ball for 37, 38 minutes, and instead, it was touchdown, three and out, field goal, three and out, touchdown. And at that point, late in the first quarter, unfortunately, and this is nothing against the, the players or coaches, but just the logistics of going, all right, you've got to outscore this LSU team now by 18 points over the final 45, 46 minutes of this game. Yeah. That's, that's not going to happen. And so the game was determined in the first quarter. And that's tough to do. In today's age of college football, where we see Stanford come back from 29 to nothing right. at Colorado and other big games like that where teams are capable of coming back from 17 and 20-point deficits, this Auburn team's just not built to do that. No. No, it's not. And this was the game where they should have somewhat looked like they could do that. Right, I mean, this is an LSU defense that's giving away yards for free to, to Grambling yeah. State, right? And, and Auburn had to fight for every single bit of it. I mean, that I, I think that's the more concerning part with all of this. And I know there's a lot of panic about giving up 48 points and allowing 563 total yards. Sure, you can panic about whatever you want. I, I just don't think that's a long-term issue. I think this defense is fine. I don't think it's great, but I think it's fine. And this is going to be the best offense that they play yeah. for the rest of the year because, heck, it's probably the best offense in college football right now. And uh, the averages that they put up against Auburn or the stats they put up against Auburn is going to raise their average even more. So yeah. the the offense, though, Brad, the inability to move the ball against the second-to-worst defense in the SEC. I mean, we talked about it all last week on this show. Mm -hmm. And it, it looked difficult. It looked tough. And I don't think it was anything LSU was doing at, at, at some points. I mean, the first two drives offensively were a joke. Were a joke. And I look, I get there's some kind of psyche with, with, with you know playing a road game in the SEC, especially at night in Baton Rouge. I get all that. But coming out of a bye week, and you you know that the strength of what you do is running the football. Yeah. And what do you not do? We were texting about it during the game, Brad, but like they didn't run the ball until their third series. Yeah. Like, how does that make sense? Well, and, and that's a little bit, and so I'm not going to defend the lack of productivity, but what we're still all learning and what we're still trying to kind of wrap our heads around, and this is myself included and, and everybody, is that in this offense, in the RPO offense, every play call has a run or pass option, and it's going to be dictated by what the defense is doing. And Will Herring talked to us. He was looking at it from the sideline, played years in the NFL at the linebacker spot. When LSU rolled its safeties down late, 
it automatically turned the play call into a pass. So the execution wasn't there. And as difficult as it is to, to swallow, again, myself included, Peyton was making the right read on whether to hand the ball off or pass the ball. Now, what you could argue, and I'm totally okay with this argument, is there have been offenses in the past that said our strength is running the ball. Even if you've got seven guys in the box, we're going to make it work. Even if you play a run defense, our guys are just built this way. We're going to push it back, and, yeah. and we're going to run the ball anyway. And I think there is something to be said for you have to establish that. You have to stay on the field and, and try to you know grind the clock down. And that has to be the game plan that you try to establish early. And Auburn didn't do that. It stuck with, all right, defense says ABC. We will do X, Y, Z. And right. as a result, I think they only ran once in like their first nine or ten plays in the game altogether. Um, that's tough. That's, that's tough. probably true. Don't, that's probably true. And then, have, yeah, yeah. Well, then once they're out of it, Brad, once they they were done, it's when they started running the ball. And it's like, no, this is this is backwards. Yeah. <laughs> you needed to run the ball early, especially with how the offense looked disconnected. I mean, the running game would fix a lot of things, and that's yeah. just not. I mean, it just goes back to the whole game plan. Just, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get the goal of what they're trying to do. And obviously, they're trying to score points and win games. But the way they're doing it just seems counterintuitive to what this roster is built for. As soon as we realized Peyton Thorne wasn't going to put up the type numbers that he did at Michigan State, they went to running the ball. It took him too long into the Texas A&M game to start running the ball. Georgia they were all over and they're like, okay, cool. This is what this team's going to do moving forward. And then Saturday night, it was similar to Texas A&M. It's like, what are you doing? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And then if you're going to pass the ball, you've got to find ways to get it in your best guy's hands. And mm -hmm. I think that's Rivaldo Fairweather. I think most people think that's Rivaldo Fairweather. Brad didn't catch a pass until yeah. the second to last play in the third quarter. And it's just, once again, it doesn't make sense with what they're trying to do. They rolled out three new starting wide receivers, their first two series of the game. Coy Moore, Rivaldo Fairweather was at wide receiver, mm -hmm. and Caleb Burton was the third one. Yep. And all of those guys were able to impact the game early. Caleb Burton early in the game had two catches, two targets, and uh, I think he got a first down on one of those. And it's like, okay, cool. Caleb Burton, that makes sense. We were all excited about him when he transferred from Ohio State to come down here. That makes sense. Cool, whatever. Rivaldo Fairweather, you feel like he's your best receiver. You put him at uh, a wide receiver, and then you 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 give more snaps to deal. And then over the course of the game, Frazier, who actually was incredible Saturday night, but yeah. and then you don't go to those guys ever again. It's just odd, Brad. Once again, like the yeah. inconsistencies of all of this. It's like they find something that worked, and then they would never go back to it again. It's very very strange. Yeah, and Rivaldo was targeted on one of those first couple of drives. They they threw a ball downfield uh, to him. It was a little yeah, bit under four targets, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that that's still that's kind of that's semantics. When you have your best guys again, sometimes sometimes you just got to throw it to them and see if they can make a play. And we've done we've seen that. Oh gosh, we see that happen plenty of times where a quarterback says, "Look, I'm gonna throw to this guy," and barring double or triple coverage. I'm going to go to him on this play and just see if he can make a play on the ball. Um, I know that there was a lot of emphasis on the passing game. I saw how hard, I saw a fraction of how hard the the coaching staff worked on 
the the offensive tweaks and the game plan and trying to improve the passing game. And boy, for for whatever reason, it just didn't work. And it didn't work from the jump last yeah. night. It didn't. It didn't. It just so Statcast has Rivaldo at four targets. PFF has Rivaldo at three targets. Mm-hmm. But another guy, and we've talked about this before, like Shane Hooks. And it seems like they mm-hmm. go to Shane Hooks in third down situations, which is obviously important, right? And they threw it to him three times, according to PFF, no catches. No catches for Shane Hooks. And that's something that we've talked about before, like during our stat time segments, is Shane Hooks is like, you know, getting thrown to, but he's not mm-hmm. catching anything. And at some point, you got to say, this isn't yep. going to work. I mean, it's very clear that the timing between Peyton and Shane they are not on the same page. I mean, it doesn't take right. an expert to see that, but that's who they go to in third down situations, right? And we've talked about this. This was how Auburn was going to win the game is long drives converting on third down. And they were three of 12 on third down against the team, the second worst defense in the league when allowing opponents yards per drive. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's so hard to really see anything good about this. Yeah. And with hooks, like the first one was a 50, 50 ball and he didn't come down with it. I don't know about the other two. I know one of the two, yeah, whether he had the wrong route or, or Peyton just made a bad throw that, that play never had a chance of, well, of being the ball went to the sticks. Yeah. I think it was yeah. a third and six, third and medium and yeah. Peyton threw the ball at the first down marker and hooks was five yards past it. And mm-hmm. then on the sideline freeze went to hooks, not yeah. to Thorne. So that kind of tells me who he was probably upset with. I don't know that, but I'm just kind of, you know, just watching yeah. the broadcast. You know, Camden Brown had a couple of catches back to back. That's good. He had one catch against Georgia. Now a couple of catches against LSU. It's good to see him healthy. And maybe this is the start of kind of a slow buildup for for Camden as as he goes through the second half of the schedule. It was good to see Brandon Frazier do what he did. I'll tell you the the big sticking point, and it was something else we talked about all week long, was penalties and and procedural issues on the road absolutely kill you, especially on first down because, and and this was the case, one of Auburn's drives last night early in the game, uh, or it may have been the very first drive, which led to the first three and out, they get a penalty on the very first play. So on the second play, you've got a six yard, uh, pass and now you're in second and nine. Whereas without the penalty, you'd be in second and four. Sure. It's, completely different. It's a night and day difference between second and four and second and nine. They got the drive starter that they needed, the drive starter that we talked about throughout the week, but the penalty wipes that out. You have a penalty on the first play of your first series of the first half and a penalty on the first play of the first series in the second half. And I get that as I'm complaining about it, it is not possible to be more upset about it than the players and coaches are. I understand that. But it is a fact. Those things just, they, they deflate you totally. And you have to find some way to answer that deflation and get inflated again because it's not going to get any easier when you put yourself in those situations. Yeah, I mean, I do think it will get easier like as far as the season goes. We'll talk about that in a second. But I also want to get your thoughts on how they're handling quarterbacks. 
Brad. So that's that's coming up. But I got to tell you about our friends at mybookie.ag. They are the best place to wager on all of your sports action. Brad, you know this. I know this. 110% deposit bonus. That's more than yeah. double. You put in 100 bucks, you get 110 back. Are you kidding me? You want to feel good about yourself after last night. Go to my book. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> there's generous and then there's questionable business decisions. And that's right. Uh, so that's kind of what it is. Yeah. You deposit $100 with mybookie.ag for your first bet, and they will put in an additional $110. So you have $210 to yep. work with it's right insane. from the start. It's insane. So be sure to check out our friends at mybookie.ag. All you have to do to get that deposit bonus is use promo code next round when you make that first deposit. Brad, the quarterback rotation is fascinating. It, it, as soon as I think they're getting close to figuring out the balance, there's any sort of momentum, they would switch quarterbacks Saturday mm -hmm. night. And I get the frustration of the Auburn fan base and watching this. It feels very similar to how the rotation was used early last season under the previous administration between TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford. Yep. Looking for answers. You're looking for consistency. And it's kind of a catch-22 because the argument is, how can you find consistency? How can you have consistency if guys are shuffling out consistently? If if the only thing consistent is change, then you can't get any consistency with with one of the two, and that's hard. And because their skill sets are so very different, yep, Peyton has the most explosive running play of the season with his legs. He can make play. He made a, a couple of first down runs last night. A couple of runs that could have been first downs. Um, you know, with with an extra move here, direction here or there too, but. It, the quarterback in this offense has to make plays in the passing game. That's not happening. I don't know what the answer is to that, and I don't think the coaches know it. It's clear, and this is not criticism, it's just clear the coaches don't know what the answer is either, or else they would have done it, or else they would have implemented it during the open date, Yeah, and then certainly in, in one of these games where you're struggling to find consistency um is the answer to give Robbie a full half and make no substitution whatsoever we've seen Peyton have a game like that where he had the whole first half and Robbie didn't play at all um is the answer to give Peyton an entire game and say regardless of what happens um we're not shuffling in another quarterback I, I don't know but there hasn't been consistency to this point I think you've got to pick one at this point I think you've got to pick one and it's just the original plan seemed like it was Peyton. Mm -hmm. And then in certain situations, they put Robbie in. And now it's, okay, Robbie, you need to run your offense for a few plays. Peyton, you go back to running, you know, our original offense. And I don't think other players on the field are benefiting from it either. Like, I don't think yeah. either quarterback is. The offense as a whole isn't. And other players on the field aren't. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Once again, it goes back to like the whole offensive game plan. Like it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. Yeah. And you scored 18 points against a team that's given up points for free like all season long. Like, it's not a good look, Brad. Mm -hmm. I, I don't care that it was away from Jordan-Hare Stadium. Like you've got to yeah. score more points than that and at least look better. Like pass the eye test for a game. And it's just we, we haven't really done that yet, except for maybe Georgia. Yeah, Georgia, uh, a home game. Um, sure. And again, a play where 
Peyton, very early in the ballgame, made a play with his legs. He had the 60-plus yard run, and that opened up a few more things inside, opened up a few more things outside as well. You had the early play offensively. Didn't have that in this. Haven't had that in any of the three road games yet this year. And you've been, you know, behind the eight ball and needed kind of a, a miraculous stretch from the passing game to win the game at Cal very early in the season. But again, I don't know what the answer. I'm, I'm so curious to hear Hugh Freeze's press conference Monday because, as we know, there won't be any coach speak, and I think you're going to hear a lot of the same. Like they're they're really struggling to come up with an answer for the quarterback spot. I, I think what you see is a reflection of the fact that they don't, they're not confident in what the answer is, or again, or else they would have done it or else you would have seen a different approach. I think the, well, this isn't working. Let's try this instead. That's the best that they have at this point. Yeah, That doesn't give you a lot of confidence with two road games left. Even if one of them is Vanderbilt scoring under 20 points in all three road games. Now three games, 60% of your road season. That's not an anomaly. That's not a one-off. Unfortunately, now you have a pattern. You have an identity on the road and it's not a good identity uh, offensively. No, no, it's not. And, And I think this is a situation now where the rest of the schedule does get easier, right? Mm -hmm. Going into the year, I predicted Auburn to lose four in a row. So the three that they've lost already, and then one more, sadly, against Ole Miss. But after that, it it gets significantly easier, right? I think the pressure will definitely be off, too. I know that's not really what people want to hear right now, but if your proper expectations were seven and five, that's certainly still on the table. If it was eight and four, eh, it's, it's still there, but the, the path the, the path becomes very, very difficult at that point. But your tough road games are behind you. I don't consider Arkansas a tough road game. I just don't. But this is, once again, like going into the season, Brad, very few people expected you to win in LSU. Did it look mm-hmm. worse than you thought it would? Sure, probably. But still, like, the end of the season, yeah. is there a difference between if Auburn lost 18-48 to 48 versus 18-30? to 30? I don't think so. Some people may think so. Right. I hear sirens. Are they coming to get you, Brad? And then the the, no. the the next part of all of this is like nobody expects you to beat Georgia. And then AM was a toss-up, but a lot of people didn't expect you to win that either. So still, yeah. Auburn's where most people thought they would be going into it. You just looked worse than you thought you would against Texas AM and LSU. And you looked better than a lot of people would thought against Georgia. So Keep proper expectations here. Like, I get the mm-hmm. frustration. And look, nothing about the Auburn team Saturday night really passed the eye test. Yeah. But still, like, I, I don't think, like, I don't think the season is over because Auburn got thumped by the best offense in college football. No, it's very similar to how we felt coming out of Texas A&M. We, we get really used to letting our emotions buoy with the last game. So coming out of Texas A&M, people who thought Auburn was going to go eight and four all of a sudden go, well, my goodness, we may only go four, five and seven now because of how we looked the last time we saw the team on the field. And then you play the way you played against Georgia and you go, well, I tell you what, eight and four now is a lot more realistic. And, and that the performance against Georgia built people's confidence coming in here to Baton Rouge. I can't wait to leave this city by the way. Um, and, uh, and so it one week, 
for a week, people are going to potentially go back on their season picks and go, well, now it's more like six and six, or you know, they, they will probably go back by a game on their preseason projection. Sure. And then how Auburn does against Ole Miss will change the perception going into the next week. That's just how we tend to do it when we get into fan mode. And I mean, it happens a lot of places. Unfortunately, there's just been such huge swings from one week to the next. So before we talk about what is next, I got to talk about Manscaped, Zach. Manscaped came in so handy on this trip to Baton Rouge. Um, I brought the handyman with me. That's the uh, face shaver, the compact face shaver. It's it's in the bathroom right now. I wish I should. I should have brought it over and, and showed it to everybody, but worked on my my neck. Actually got the back of my neck too. And so I was nice and fresh and clean uh, going into that stadium. Saturday. And uh, right now, if you go to manscaped.com and use the code vice, again, the promo code is vice. Very important that you use the promo code vice at manscaped.com. You're going to get 20% off your order and you're going to get free shipping. Now, how are you going to beat that? If you've not tried it yet, they are the best in men's grooming products, whether it's your beard or not your beard, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping right now with the promo code vice, V-I-C-E. Very, very important. Thank you to Manscaped. Y'all are the mm-hmm. best. As far as what's next, like, is is this Ole Miss game, how winnable is it in your mind? <laughs> well, <laughs> as we'll find out on Thursday's show, I never pick Auburn to lose, and it doesn't matter what's happened in, in the latest game. Um, You'll eventually I, be right again. Yeah, eventually, <laughs> at some point, that's going to come back around. A broken clock is right two times a day. Um it's a winnable game because it's at home and because I think you can – I don't think the Ole Miss offense is as good as LSU's offense. I think the LSU defense – I mean, the, the Ole Miss defense may be a little better, but, uh, again, playing at home and there's a greater comfort at home, night game, Jordan-Hare, that's worth seven to ten points. Um, it's winnable, but you got to get back into the mode of playing with confidence – and consistency offensively and not shooting yourself in the foot. LSU doesn't score 48 points in the game if Auburn stays on the field. Yeah. And they just weren't able to do that offensively. So LSU got to win time of possession. They picked up three, four extra possessions than what you wanted them to, to have. And that's how they get to 48 points in the game. You just can't you can't allow Ole Miss to do that. Can't allow anybody else to do that. So Ole Miss didn't play this weekend. Yeah. They're going in, they're coming to Auburn off of a bye week. Hopefully their bye week is as fruitful as Auburn's was. So over the last 10 seasons, this is according to what website is this? Oldhottytoddy.com. Mm. So that over sounds the last, reputable. Uh, I mean, if they're talking about Ole Miss, like whatever. Yeah. So they say over the last 10 seasons, the Rebels have had 12 games coming off of a bye week. They've lost nine of them. Okay. And then six of them have been on the road, which is what this case will be. And they're 0 and 6 on road games after a bye week. Three of those have come against Alabama. So maybe that's a little bit of an asterisk, but yeah. thought that was interesting. And some of those were with Hugh Freeze at the helm. I thought his record after bye weeks was was too good at Ole Miss for that to be true. But maybe the, I don't know, maybe the wins are in there somewhere yeah i mean his, i don't know hugh freeze's record after bye week was better at liberty than it was at Ole miss yeah so 
take that for what it's worth. But uh, but yeah, so it's not like oh, okay, Ole Miss has got some situation after a bye week, they're gonna be tougher to beat. I mean, statistically, Mm -hmm. that's not true. So we'll see, we'll see how that comes into play. Another another week to to try to get guys who have been injured back in there too. I mean, do we see Damari Austin next week? Um, how close are some of the other guys to to being back? Is Jalen Simpson who played but wasn't wasn't quite a hundred percent? Is yeah. he closer to a hundred percent against Ole Miss? You, you, you know, for these two these back to back home games, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, um, huge swing games now for how this season will look at the end. Um, and so, yeah, if, if those guys are closer to a hundred percent, uh, after another week to, to healing it better then that's good. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right, folks. So moving forward, the plan is just to post normal shows like this one on Sundays mm-hmm. instead of the live show that may come back, uh, during basketball season or baseball. We'll, we'll certainly see, but this seemed more sustainable for our schedules this time. <laughs> so let us know your thoughts. In, uh, in, in the comments down below, both on the game and also, you know, what you would want our Sunday s- content schedule yeah. to look like. But Brad, in the meantime, I think that about does it for today's show. We do. And to echo your point, we do respond uh, to the audience. And this is still a little bit of a work in progress. So uh, we'll continue to do that. We'll continue to tinker and find the right formula. We appreciate you watching. Thank you for watching, for liking, subscribing, for commenting, uh, and being there with us. In the meantime... We tell you, everyone has vices. Zach, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours.